0: Bibles, please, for our second reading to Deuteronomy chapter 33. Uh, One thing I forgot to tell you to pray for, beloved, if you would be so kind as to write it down, Uh, next Lord's Day, uh, our licentiates are uh, planning to be in the pulpit. It be the last Lord's Day of the month on an even-numbered month. That means we'll have them in the pulpit. Uh, I will be uh, officiating the services and conducting the readings. So please be in prayer for them as they prepare that the Lord would give them utterance in His Word. And I was just going to say, whoever is preaching in the morning, I don't remember which is which right now, but chapter 34 of Deuteronomy is a very short chapter, so you may have a little extra time. All right, Deuteronomy 33, verse 1. (laughs) Hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. And this is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. And he said, The Lord came from Sinai and rose up from Seir unto them. He shined forth from Mount Paran, and he came with ten thousands of saints. From his right hand went a fiery law for them. Yea, he loved the people. All his saints are in thy hand, and they sat down at thy feet. Everyone shall receive of thy words. Moses commanded us a law, even the inheritance of the congregation of Jacob. And he was king in Jeshurun, when the heads of the people and the tribes of Israel were gathered together. Let Reuben live and not die, and let not his men be few. And this is the blessing of Judah. And he said, Hear, Lord, the voice of Judah, and bring him unto his people. Let his hands be sufficient for him, and be thou an help to him from his enemies. And of Levi, he said, Let thy Thummim and thy Urim be with thy Holy One, whom thou didst prove at Massah, and with whom thou didst strive at the waters of Meribah, Who said unto his father and to his mother, I have not seen him. Neither did he acknowledge his brethren, nor knew his own children, for they have observed thy word and kept covenant. They shall teach Jacob thy judgments and Israel thy law. They shall put incense before thee and whole burnt sacrifice upon thine altar. Bless, Lord, his substance and accept the work of his hands. "'Smite through the loins of them that rise against him, "'and of them that hate him, that they rise not again. "'And of Benjamin, he said, "'The beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him, "'and the Lord shall cover him all the day long, "'and he shall dwell between his shoulders. "'And of Joseph, he said, "'Blessed of the Lord be his land "'for the precious things of heaven.' For the dew and for the deep that coucheth beneath. And for the precious fruits brought forth by the sun. And for the precious things brought forth by the moon. And for the chief things of, of the ancient mountains. And for the precious things of the lasting hills. And for the precious things of the earth and fullness thereof. And for the goodwill of him that dwelt in the bush. Let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph and upon the top of the head of him that was separated from his brethren. His glory is like the firstling of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth, and they are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and they are the thousands of Manasseh. And of Zebulun he said, Rejoice, Zebulun, in thy going out, and Issachar in thy tents. They shall call the people unto the mountain there. They shall offer sacrifices of righteousness, for they shall suck the abundance of the seas and of treasures hid in the sand. And of Gad, he said, Blessed be he that enlargeth Gad. He dwelleth as a lion and teareth the arm with the crown of the head. And he provideth the first part for himself because there... In a portion of the lawgiver was he seated, and he came with the heads of the people. He executed the justice of the Lord and his judgments with Israel. And of Dan, he said, Dan is a lion's whelp. He shall leap from Bashan. And of Naphtali, he said, O Naphtali, satisfied with favor and full of the blessing of the the Lord, possess thou the west and the south. And of Asher, he said, let Asher be blessed with his children, let him be acceptable to his brethren, and let him dip his foot in oil. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass, and as thy days, so shall thy strength be. There is none like unto the God of Jeshurun, who rideth upon the heaven in thy help and his excellency on the sky. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. And he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, Destroy them. Israel then shall dwell in safety alone. The fountain of Jacob shall be upon a land of corn and wine. Also his heavens shall drop down dew. Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people saved, by the lord the shield of thy help and who is the sword of thine excellency and thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee and thou shalt tread upon their high places may god add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word well moses goes out with a bang doesn't he what a blessing that moses gave to the children of israel I think we need to be a little bit careful as we come to this. There are some things that obviously have historical reference to them, but then other things are just more generally blessings based upon the names of the patriarchs themselves. And so they are just general blessing that was promised by the Lord. So the first thing that we want to see in this blessing, uh, uh, let me read this quotation for you. Consequently, we have... Nowhere any special predictions, but simply prophetic glances at the future, depicted in a purely ideal manner, whilst in the case of most of the tribes, the utter want of precise information concerning their future history prevents us from showing in what way they were fulfilled. I think that's good divinity. You'll find that in Kyle and Dalich. All right, so... (coughs) This is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel. May I say here that at the end of Moses' life, as he's ready to go out to Mount Nebo, that this is a refreshing change. What have we heard from Moses in chapters 29, 30, 31, and 32? We've heard about the curses mostly, haven't we? That's right. Well... Again, let's go ahead and make this statement that the Lord curses potentially in the future as warnings, not necessarily as portents of what will take place, right? And I would cite Jeremiah chapter 18 for this. Uh, The Lord always gives what he calls a moral interpretation of prophecy. You know what the moral interpretation of prophecy is? That if the Lord promises to curse a people... And by that cursing they turn from their wickedness. He will turn from the curse. And that if the Lord promises to bless a people. And if upon that blessing the people that receive that blessing become complacent and apostate. The Lord will turn from that blessing and curse them. It's what Patrick Fairbairn calls the moral interpretation of prophecy. And it is one of the wisest hermeneutical principles that you might learn. Very, very important. Um, Samuel Rutherford will go so far as to say, even when Adam heard God in the garden say, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die, what Adam should have thought was. I'm deserving of death, but I have an opportunity to apply for mercy. That's the God we know, isn't it? That's right. Okay, so, so in all the curses that lead up to Chapter 33, notice it does not stop Moses from blessing the children of the Lord. Why? Because God is their God. And the expectation of the people of God is that they will be blessed. Beloved, that is the expectation upon you. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, Jesus says. It is your father's will that you should bear much fruit, as we heard earlier today. The Lord has set his face toward his people in the way of blessing and warning. Right? So choose life that you may live. Alright, so moving on from that introduction. Reuben is is mentioned first because he is the firstborn. Let Reuben live and not die. And let not his men be few. Well, it's interesting why it would be put like that. It's just one short verse for Reuben. Reuben. <clears throat> Why is it let Reuben live and not die? Well, because of what he did. He went up to his father's bed, committed fornication. Uh, He's liable to death, isn't he? The blessing is let Reuben live and not die. So Reuben has forfeited the birthright by his wicked actions, but he hasn't forfeited his life in the mercy of God. Secondly, we have Judah. Uh, just one verse in Judah, it's a little bit longer of a verse, but it is only one verse, and yet we know that Judah is the tribe from which our Lord has come. And so, what do we hear of Judah? Hear, Lord, hear, Lord the voice of Judah. And here Judah is put for that greater son of Judah, Christ. In other words, hear the intercession of Christ the mediator. Bring him, Judah, unto his people. Let his hands be sufficient for him and be thou in help to him from his enemies. And so it's, it's, a, it's a more expansive blessing than Reuben received, owing to the fact that Jesus will come from the tribe of Judah. All right, so we move on to a very lengthy blessing in Levi. And notice what it says about Levi, several things. It says that Levi is going to be the, the, um, the teacher throughout all Israel. Right? Um, let thy Thummim and thy Urim be with thy Holy One whom thou didst prove at Massah and with whom thou didst strive at the waters of Meribah. There's, a, there's an interesting uh, uh, play on words here. So who is the one striving at Meribah? The Lord is striving with everyone, but notice, let the Urim and Thummim never depart from Levi. That is, let him always have that guidance from the word of the Lord that he may know how to teach the people of God. There's another thing that's said here. It's kind of hard to understand until you recognize it at the base of Sinai. Let me let me show you this in verse 9. Who said unto his father and to his mother, I have not seen him. Neither did he acknowledge his brethren, nor knew his own children, for they have observed thy word and kept thy covenant. Two weeks ago, we looked at... uh, Uh, increasing in love and we said that one of the aspects of proper love to the lord is that everything else is compared to it is hatred right hate not his father and his mother and his own children and his own life and so on this is what's being spoken here of levi let the blessing of levi be such a love to god that he says i don't recognize my mother i don't recognize my father i don't recognize my brethren in order that he may teach statutes in Israel, right? For they have observed thy word and kept thy covenant. And if you remember who Moses called on at the base of Sinai when the people were dancing around a golden calf to gird their swords on, who was that? That's right, that was the Levites. Because their zeal was for the Lord and his worship rather than for the people, okay? So that's what's being spoken of here. Who shall teach Jacob, in verse 10, thy judgments, Israel thy law. <clears throat> they shall put incense before thee, whole burnt offering sacrifice upon the altar. So they are not only the priests, but they are the teachers throughout all Israel. In Malachi chapter 2, we read, The priests, is it, it's verse, uh, sorry, it's chapter 1. The priests' lips should keep knowledge, for they should seek the law of the Lord at his mouth. This is why there were Levitical cities in every one of the tribes of the north and southern kingdom, because the Levites were spread throughout the land. Notice who is missing from this blessing. Did you hear the name Simeon? You didn't. You know why, right? Both Simeon and Levi were those two brothers that used circumcision as a tool of war against the Shechemites. They had no sure habitation. They were spread throughout the land simeon a few cities in judah and that was it the levites were spread throughout the entirety of the land for the good of the people of israel so sometimes those curses are turned into blessings as we said earlier so they shall teach jacob thy judgments and israel thy law in leviticus 23 3 the lord tells the people of god that they are to have a holy convocation in every one of their districts guess who's going to be the teacher That's right. The Levites are going to teach. So bless his substance and so on. Now in verse 12, we have the blessing upon Benjamin. It's a little bit cryptic, but we can remember that there were two tribes in the south. There were 10 tribes in the north. As the north was known by the name Ephraim, one of the tribes, because it was the largest, the south was also known by one tribe, Judah, because it was the largest. But benjamin was there also and notice that benjamin's border was right next to judah's so now you can kind of get what's being said here and a benjamin he said the beloved of the lord shall dwell safely by him by whom by judah and in dwelling by judah he's going to dwell by the lord because it's in the southern kingdom where the temple is where the true worship of god is And the Lord shall cover him all the day long, and he shall dwell between his shoulders. I think the he there is Benjamin shall dwell between the shoulders. That is, between the mountains, right? Those those mountains where the Lord's house will be. So Benjamin's going to dwell in the south with Judah as a part of that southern kingdom where the true worship of God is. That's a blessing. Okay, so now Joseph, a very extended... uh, Blessing here for Joseph uh, because Joseph stands for Ephraim and Manasseh, the, the uh, tribes on both sides of the Jordan in the northern kingdom. And so there are all kinds of temporal blessings. And if you know the history of the nation, you know that that northern kingdom was blessed temporally. They were not blessed, however, spiritually. They turned away very early under Jeroboam the first. Zebulun uh, and Issachar are joined together in their going out and their coming in. They shall offer sacrifices of righteousness. And so the Lord promises a general blessing to them. Uh, Gad, talking about a troop, right? That's what Gad means, a troop, like like an army. And so the Lord will tell him, uh, you're going to do justice. You're going to be the lawgiver. You're going to execute justice of, of the Lord with judgments in Israel ironically dan follows next you know why it's ironically because the name dan means judgment and so dan is sort of left out of his own namesake because the judgment is given to gad to the troop instead and that's because dan left his habitation wasn't happy with his inheritance that the lord gave him and moved up into the north instead unto laish he shall leap from bashan there's a division among commentators as to what that means. I think what's being spoken of there is that in the area of Bashan, there were, you know, it's mountainous area, and there were caves, and lions dwelt in caves. And so it says that Dan is a lion's whelp, he shall leap from Bashan. In other words, he's going to come shooting out of the cave. When he gets you, you know, he'll get you by surprise, in other words. Asher, let, oh sorry, Naphtali is next. Uh, Naphtali shall be satisfied with favor. Again, very, uh, very general. Possess the west and the south, the place of warmth and the sea breeze. Uh, of Asher, he said, let Asher be blessed. Of course, the, the name Asher means blessing, right? That's that Hebrew word, Ashrei. Okay, so let, let, let blessing be blessed, right? Let him be acceptable to his brethren and so on. All right, so now we come to the end. Moses wraps up uh, his, his blessing and he turns them all toward the Lord. There is none like unto the God of Jeshurun, who rideth upon the heaven in thy help and in his excellency on the sky. My, the eternal God is thy refuge, right? He's just said that his excellency is in the sky. But then he'll say, underneath are the everlasting arms. So God watches over you from above and holds you up from beneath. And that's what he would have the children of Israel to know there. The eternal God is thy refuge. Um, Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, and so on. And if I might say something that I forgot here as I close, back from the front, it says that when the Lord gave his law to his people, it says that he loved them. The people of God received the law of God at Sinai, that fiery law that went before him because he loved the people. Let's maybe draw one conclusion from that and bring our time to a close on this chapter, and that is that if we have an attitude toward the law of God that is something other than this is the blessing of God upon us, there's something seriously wrong in our minds with regard to the law or in our souls with regard to God's love toward us. God gave us his law because he loves us, right? And we give it back to him in love, don't we? Okay, with that then, let's stand and continue.